0: All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. And I'm here with a special guest today. Dean is on vacation, um, having a great time, probably golfing. And I'm back in L.A. working. So everyone send your thoughts and prayers to Dean on vacation. But I'm excited because I'm here today with a really special guest and I'm really excited to hear her story, Megan Rose. Megan is the founder and CEO of an amazing organization uh, called Better Together, which is dedicated to empowering families by helping them find employment and providing a loving, safe, and supportive foundation for their children. So excited to hear her story. Uh, Megan, welcome to the Kings and Priests podcast. How you doing?
1: I am doing good. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to, to have you. Um, I'm really excited to hear, uh, just more about what you guys are up to and really just your story, like how you built this, what motivated you to do it? What was the kind of Genesis of the idea? So maybe just give us, yeah, a quick background. Um, what is better together? Uh, I guess broadly, and then what was the process or what was the thing that made you say, okay, I need to I need to start this thing and put it into the world.
1: Yeah. So it actually started um, just from my own personal experience. And my story is I had two loving parents, but life was hard. Um, they were isolated, they had family, but they were a little disconnected from them. And my dad had some challenges with his job. Um, he lost his job and um, that was really hard on him. And he started drinking and that led to an addiction to opiates, which led to my dad coming home really drunk, really angry one night and um, putting us kids in a really unsafe um, environment. Um, and it was in that moment My mom knew she needed to leave the situation. It was no longer safe. Um, My dad knew he needed help and they couldn't do it alone. They needed community. And so the church came alongside my family in a really meaningful way. They helped my mom just put the pieces of her precious life back together, um, helped with just finding refuge, support, being able to be a single mom. During this time where my dad really needed to be able to seek support, my dad ended up going to prison for drugs. And during that time he came to know the Lord and God just started doing some transformational work in his life. And when he got out of jail, though, he, he needed a second chance. He needed a job and our family needed support to be able to come together as a family again. And so the church came alongside us and they helped my dad find a job. And that job provided structure, helped keep him sober. It helped us heal as a family. And those same volunteers and church members and pastors really just wrapped around, loved our family during a difficult season of transition and because of that my parents got remarried and our family was told But wow. we were really fortunate to have that connection to a local church and to have our neighbors really come alongside and support us. But so many families in our communities right now, they're isolated and they don't have a single person to call in a difficult situation, such as a medical emergency, a job loss, or just a parent overwhelmed. And parenting is hard. I'm a mom with mm-hmm. four kids and I have a degrees and a husband and a support system, but it's still hard. Um, And you need that village. You need people in your corner. And so I went into child welfare and I came in wanting to help children and families, but quickly realized that, you know, it was so reactive, it's broken, um, and just felt like there must be a better way to help come alongside families. So better together. That's what we do is getting upstream and empowering churches and local communities and volunteers to be able to come alongside and support. Um, our neighbors who are going through difficulties and doing it on a community volunteer level and um, before government has to get involved. And we know that work is a really big piece of that. It's something that is critical of keeping families together. Marriage is strong, um, it gets work and dignity. And we realize there's just a deficit. We have a lot of churches that have a handout ministry, which is great to meet those physical needs that we have in the community. Um, but less than 2% of American churches have a jobs ministry. So we have equipped and trained and support churches to do this jobs ministry called Better Job. And then our Better Families ministry is really welcoming kids into your home short term, walking alongside families for mentorship. And it's just been a beautiful journey. We've helped over 30,000 job seekers nationally, um, helped keep over 4,200 kids out of foster care, all through God's people just saying yes to a calling in their life. And loving on their neighbors in a way that's intentional, meaningful, and what I believe God's called us to do.
0: That's amazing. I had, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I had no idea that that was part of your backstory, uh, and that was one of the things that led you to that. It, it's wild. I, I marked down that two percent statistic because I actually want to get us back there here in a, a few minutes because one of the things we talk a lot about on this show is how do, you know, oftentimes, uh, especially entrepreneurs. Business people have a difficult time finding. How do I serve in a local church community? Uh, Especially, uh, oftentimes we find business people their primary way of giving, uh, of serving, is giving. Right, like they're financially supporting the church. But I want to get back to that two percent combo because I think that can add a cool piece. And then just hearing your story is is amazing. You know, I experienced a really similar situation to you. Uh, with my family, but it was when my brother and I were adults. So it was like later in my mom and dad's life. And that experience alone was difficult. I can't imagine a child, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, when this was going, when this was happening in my family, me and my brother were on our own and had jobs and were stable. We weren't in the home experiencing experiencing all this. So that's so uh, amazing that that's, that's the vision. So let's talk about, it's one thing to have a passion or an experience, uh, it's another thing to say, I'm going to start something to solve that problem, <laughs> right? Uh, that's, a, that's, that's where a lot of people get stuck. Tell me about like what made you go, okay, I'm going to figure out as, I, I'm assuming you were a wife and a mom at the time you started better together. Um, I'm going to basically take this from zero to one and go, I have this idea, I see this problem, and I want to figure out a solution. What was that like? Were you entrepreneurial? Like, had you always wanted to start something? Like, tell talk a little bit about that because I think that's a yeah. lot of what's really impressive about what you guys are doing.
1: I think I've always been a little bit entrepreneurial, and I think there's a lot of great ideas out there. But um, when you're starting something, you have to you, you have to it's you know you fall on your face a few times before you you but you know configure things out, um, and you have to pick yourself back up keep going. And I think one of the biggest things I learned was when you fail, you got to fail really fast, but you got to keep mm-hmm. going. You got to have that, um, just relentless pursuit of mm-hmm. finding a solution. Um, but knowing also that, you know, really being able to pull through, you know, have really talented people alongside you or support you and, um, be able to guide you kind of in that thoughts and application of what you're trying to accomplish. And, Um, That's really what we did is there was ideas and potential solutions, but nothing really was working the way that it needed to work. And so we started digging in and like, how can we make this work in a way that was meaningful and thoughtful and actually not just kept a kid out of foster care temporarily, but kept a kid out of foster care for a lifetime, kept that family strong, intact, growing, Um, that the same experience, like I said You know we were fortunate to have that connection but how can we create that connection for so many families that didn't have that connection essentially um i saw ourselves as uber how could we connect the helpers and the community to those that were hurting but do it in a way that wasn't transactional it was relational Mm. and something that if you're going to give generously of your time or your resources that you really could see tangibly that this was adding support to those that you're helping and making a real difference. And so those were, you know, the questions we were asking and the things we were trying. And when we first started, um, we were failing um, miserably. Uh, but we had a bunch of kids going into the foster care system um, and it just wasn't working. And so we really, you know, went back to Drawing Bird and just started asking those hard questions and figuring things out and, you know, constantly doing that and, now we've, you know, over the years have been able to build something that really works. And now we're getting to scale it, um, our Better Families program across the state and our Better Jobs program um, nationwide. Um, and it's been really exciting to see all that hard work, dedication, and the lessons you've learned from failure um, and mm-hmm. just that hustle really mm-hmm. being able to pay off. And um, because you have this vision and this calling in your life that you just clung you know you just uh really just focused on and just mm-hmm. um you know some days are hard and but you know focusing on those wins and just the purpose and the difference and I think that was really just big for me and I knew what it was like in my own life and mm-hmm. I saw how disruptive and dysfunctional that foster care was um, and I thought of the little kids on my caseload and the families that I had met and just kept that as my focus um and mm-hmm. there's I know this can be done. I've seen it happen in my own life. Um, How can we make this a resource and support and avoid the trauma, the abuse, neglect that happens with kids, change generation cycles and connect people, you know, to purpose and, you know, discover the Lord and um, Mm -hmm. community. And um, so it's been an exciting journey, (laughs) um, but definitely a hard one.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, One of the things we talk a lot about um on the show uh is and it's it's funny because we're talking about this in the context of like a very significant important mission whether that's the church whether that's doing something that you do but there are also like very practical things that people have to learn and skills that people have to learn in order to make their idea come to pass right like we as christians we wish we could just wake up and say god solve this problem but he likes to partner with us to do it, right? One of the topics we talk a lot about is sales. Uh, And sales, not meaning like, hey, I'm gonna just cold call and be like the sales guy you see in the movies. But if I'm gonna build something, I have to be able to get people on board, (laughs) both uh, from a vision standpoint and a practical standpoint. How have you found or had to teach yourself to communicate, like clarify the vision of what you're trying to do and communicate it And then communicated that in a way to do things like raise capital and bring on staff and get volunteers on board, right? Like, talk about what that process has been like. Does that come naturally for you? And why do you think that ability to uh, communicate and get people behind a vision is so important if you're wanting to build a business or build a nonprofit or solve some kind of problem?
1: Yeah, so... I would say it did not come naturally to me in the beginning. I almost felt like I had imposter syndrome where I just was really struggling. I was comparing myself to other CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, and, but I was, you know, paving my own path and doing things, you know, very differently. One example is we didn't have an office. Um, We didn't have brick and mortar and I got a lot of pushback is you need to have a building. Um, and we were remote before remote was a thing and more accepted in society as a working. And so I it got to a point where just really realized that God has called me to do this. He's placed this calling in my life. He's equipped me and to embrace the uncomfortable embrace, you know, that I'm different and I'm kind of paving my own path and my path might not look like this person's or that person's it's mine own. It's unique. Um, and just being confident in that and, Um, casting that big vision. I mean, we want to end the foster care crisis. And when I first started it's people would, you know, that's not possible, just really pessimistic. And um, that's discouraging when you have this big vision and you really believe, you know, I believe in this, my whole heart, I believe it's possible. I believe the church and God's people can end the foster care crisis. And when you get just those negativity and, you know, just not to, you know, tune out the noise. And I think Mm -hmm. once I started embracing who I am, and this calling in my life and tuning out the noise, um, and just doing the work. I mean, you have to hustle and do the work. Mm-hmm. Like God really honored that and blessed that, um, I had no background in fundraising, um, but I had, and, you know, this idea and I had, um, this vision and I remember my first major donor, um, I was just terrified and I just prayed right before I walked the door. I'm like, God, just give me the right words. And, um, you know, be with me in that meeting. And I had prepared, I did the work. I was confident. I had my plan. I had this vision and I went in and they were my very first donor and they gave, um, $250,000, um, to this, um, mission. And
0: that's amazing. I
1: had people going like, don't expect much. You're not gonna, you know, it's your first, you know, major donor. Um, and so I really quickly realized who are the people who are going to believe in me, encourage me, support me. Um, and the ones that were the critics who were not, you know, helping me, um, I just, you know, slowly it wasn't, you know, just kind of walked away and did allow them to have that influence in my life. And that was um, a game changer mm. um, for me and really just gave me the confidence um, to continue to go out and, um, share this mission and vision with other people um, and allow them to come on board. And I've been incredibly grateful for every donor um, who have come alongside us, whether it's $10 or, you know, a six figure gift, just to be entrusted um, with that gift, to be able to do a lot of good with that gift mm-hmm. um, has been an incredible honor um, and privilege that we do not take lightly. And I think that's important as well. It's to, you know, honor that gift and do what you said you're going to do with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting to hear that our, our local church here in LA, uh, I know partners with you guys. And just this last Sunday in, in the moment where we like took up our Sunday offering, we'd read a story of someone that had been impacted through, um, your organization, I think just this in this last month. And That's amazing. I mean, it was just like the people like lost their mind, like loved it. Cause they could immediately go, wait a minute, this is a practical need that we are meeting in a church. And I think the person who was sharing it literally said, we'll probably never meet this person. In fact, they're on the other side of the country. Um, but that just, that small faithful giving makes such a huge, a huge difference. Okay. I want to go back to this stat that you just, that you, you brought up. So tell me if I'm right. So 2% of churches have a jobs ministry. That's, um, that's wild to me.
1: Uh, yeah, because,
0: because like you, it, it, listen I'm not a, a expert in humanities but if you want people to um not even just succeed but be able to live a fulfilling life they, they've got to be able to pay their bills <laughs> and they've got to be able to wake up every day and and I think what you said is right so often we and, and we do as churches and ministries we want to give things to people but I do think there's something about helping educate and actually give somebody an opportunity talk about that how did you stumble into making that such a big focus of the organization Um, and and then I have some more questions on that as well.
1: Yeah, so when we first started with our Better Families ministry, um, we quickly realized that a lot of these families that were on the front doorstep of foster care, uh, the underlying issue was financial. They were either underemployed, not employed, um, or had some sort of financial hardship, job loss, and then when you lose your job, small problems become really big problems really quickly, Mm -hmm. Um, and all throughout scripture, you know, I believe work is a big part of God's, you know, purpose for um, mankind. I mean, it came before the fall. It wasn't a punishment. It was a part of God's creation. And there's dignity that comes through that. And... Um, we were just seeing that we had so many incredible churches that were wanting to meet these needs, but almost creating a cycle of private dependency. They were paying people's mm-hmm. bills and they were coming every month, and, but they weren't giving them the tools and resources that they needed to be able to find a job and be able to provide for themselves. And um, we were just like, I think there's an opportunity here. And so what's really unique is if you think of a church, Think of a church as a network of hiring managers, business owners, retired CEOs, executives, um, you know, all these soft skills that you need to learn in employment. Um, We all have skills and life experiences that we can transfer and support um, people in the community. And we've come across through this ministry, um, you know, we have one gentleman and he had been doing all the right things he was a you know put a resume together he was applying um but he could not get in front of a hiring manager he had been rejected 152 times counted Jeez. and at a certain point he started to believe that he had nothing valuable he could offer an employer that you know he started to fall into depression Um, You know, just started thinking every rejection. I mean, think of rejections in your own life. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm terrible rejections. I hate rejections. Um, But it's hard. And just that cycle of just rejection over and over. He started to believe that he didn't have anything valuable he could offer someone. He had a criminal record, a minor thing that he had, you know, did his time. He Was ready to move forward, but nobody was willing to give him that second chance until a volunteer from a local church knocked on his door and invited him to come to a job fair, told him that they would be there. That gave him confidence, support. He showed up, he ended up Mm -hmm. getting hired on the spot um, and has been just an incredible asset to this employer. Um, And so the church was able to Mm -hmm. meet, you know, a volunteer from that church and that church in that community, someone who lived just, you know, a mile away from their church um who was unchurched hurting isolated alone not working they were able to meet a real felt need in this Mm. young man's life um and set him up on a path where that work community and being able to have you know has to feel to get up every morning get dressed go to their job be able to contribute Um, that helped him get out of this depression that he was feeling. And he also got connected to that church community. And so I just believe it's this beautiful thing that the church can provide to the community um, and meet these needs um, and just love on people as well. Connect them to work, but just love on people um, and make sure they're not alone in that process.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. So, Okay, let's like, I guess, talk about this at a granular level. So whether it's your, you said it was your jobs ministry, and what was the other one? What, what, what was the name for that?
1: Better Family. Better Family. So Better Jobs. Care. Yeah, yep, Better ministry. Jobs,
0: Better Families. So what does that look like practically? So let's say there's a, a church leader listening, and they're interested in saying, hey, man, I really want to like, figure out a way to help. Uh, what does that look like on the ground? Like, how does the church get involved in that? What does the day-to-day, week-to-week look like? Um, yeah, I guess give us a little bit of that.
1: Yeah, so our Better Families Ministry is solely in Florida right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And our hope is to grow and expand that across the state. Um, And our partners, when we partner with the church, we try to make it as easy as possible. And the biggest thing is just awareness of different ministry opportunities for people to serve, whether it's welcoming a child into your home, mentoring a family, or providing wraparound care and support. Um, Our jobs ministry, though, is... Um, We have church partners across the U.S. in about 22, actually 23 different states right now. Um, And what we do is we want the church to own this ministry. We want this to be a ministry that grows and flourishes within their church. Um, But what we do is we do a training. We equip the church. We train the church, whether it's a volunteer or staff member. Um, And then we provide professional, um, you know, continued guidance and support. So um, a jobs ministry at your church could just look like job coaching. So you have volunteer job coaches within your church that you can connect um, to people in the community that are just struggling to find work and need some job coaching and support. We provide all the training for the volunteers. You're just, you know, making the need um, and the opportunity to serve, um, you know, making awareness of here's the opportunity, sir. Um, But we do the training and help them with the tools um, and the connections to the community. Um, It could be a job fair um, or a second chance job fair. We have a big nationwide day of second chances. We have job um, fairs happening across the country on a single day, um, and they're second chance job fairs. And we do all the project management, we help with all of the marketing materials, um, we give support on how to identify employers to participate in the job fairs. Um, And we try to just make it as easy as possible for the church to be able to start this ministry, but then be able to grow this ministry within their church. And so that's something we, um, and we're always innovating. I think that's what's always exciting is we're always, you know, what can we learn? How can we, you know, continue to add value um, to our church partners um, and allow them, um, you know, to just this ministry within their church to grow and be more active and um, help more families. So we're always learning and adding more tools and resources and support um, to our church partners. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really uh, beautiful. And that's something that we can equip and helps churches. It um, doesn't matter where you are in the U.S. And it doesn't matter what size your church. We have, um, you know, really, you know, uh, plant churches who are just like, you know, one staff and a few volunteers. Mm-hmm. They want to connect with their community. And they've done job fairs to, you know, really large makeup churches um, who have partnered with us. Um, and that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter your size, as long as there's just a connection to this ministry and you will you know, your heart's for this ministry and you want to start this ministry in your church. We help that church partner, um, be able to make that possible.
0: That's awesome. And then if a, if a church or even just someone's listening and, and they are an entrepreneur and they just like, they love this. Is it just, is the best way to get in touch with, with you guys, just your website, which is better together us.org. Is that kind of the best way to just like learn more info and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. It's just, um, we're always looking for church partners, um, volunteers, even if your church Mm -hmm. isn't doing the jobs ministry, we have volunteer opportunities to be a job coach. Um, And that's, you know, could be a virtual connection to somebody who's trying to Mm. find work and just needs to connect with somebody. Um, And then we always have business partners. We have some amazing national and local business partners um, who partner with us. So it could be a small business or a large business. um, But if you believe in second chances, if you believe in the value of work and you're looking for some good quality candidates who have been connected to a job coach or one of our church partner job fairs, uh, we would love to partner with them and hopefully add some value and feed some really good candidates um, to their their jobs.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's such a, I think it's such a practical way for business people in churches to serve like even just being able to help coach somebody hey this is this is the way you need to be thinking about this or here are some practical tools i think that's just such an incredible way like you said for people with these skills to say i want to i want to help i want to spend an hour a week or 30 minutes or whatever that is i think that's such a massive um opportunity okay so before we close you um are you said you're a, a mom of four you said right yes. mom of four <laughs> a wife uh, the CEO of an organization, how do you, um, I don't necessarily want to use the word balance because I don't think any of us have that figured out, but how do you juggle all that? What does that look like? Um, like how, how do you, what's that, what's that look like? What's that been like for you going, man, I'm building this thing and I'm carrying the weight of it. Um, and, uh, I also have this amazing family that I get, you know, like, I don't know, talk about that. What's that, what's that like for you?
1: So I think it's, it's more of a harmony, Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say, and I mean, seriously, I'm married. Well, I have an incredible spouse who has yeah. given me so much support and, um, and has really supported this vision. And, um, and I think one of the things I've learned is just being really gracious. Um, you know, we have given ourselves a lot of grace and then we've been really intentional when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. I'm very intentional. You know, it's quality versus quantity I'm present. I'm on my knees. I'm playing with them. Um, and you know I'm not glued to my phone, or um, you know they know my kids know, but they are more important than my phone. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my husband, we're intentional about you know we have date nights every week. We're intentional mm-hmm. about that time together. Um, and you know it takes a lot of discipline and practice. And once you start doing these things, um, it gets a lot easier. And you just find this rhythm where your kids are in this rhythm, you're in this rhythm, your you know your spouse is in that rhythm, and um, you know, and there's flexibility. Some seasons are a little crazier than others. Um, you know, the beginning of the year and the end of the year are normally a lot harder for me as far as, you know, I have a lot more travel. It's easier. But during the summer, you know, we'll take more time off and enjoy, you know, some quality time with each other and do trips. And um, I think that's just important um, to just give yourself, allow yourself to figure out, you know, what works for us might not work for another family, but we figured out what works for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've just have really, you know, these are priorities in life and we work really hard to keep those as priorities. And then, you know, we just support each other in that process. And always just like when you're being entrepreneurial and starting a business, you know, when you're family, you're kind of being entrepreneurial in a way as well and figuring out what works for you. Cause if you feel safe at work and you feel safe at home, I believe that's where you find really good balance in your life.
0: That's amazing. So cool. Uh, well, Megan, thanks for being with us today. I think this was, um, just such an inspiring story. Um, and also I think just such a practical way for people, uh, who are listening to help, uh, and, and partner. So thank you for being on. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being, um, so open with, um, what you guys are building and what you've, what you've walked through. We'll link to all of the, your website and all that different stuff, uh, in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening, you just click down there and we're going to have all that info for you. And uh, it's been so great talking to you and we'll definitely have to do it again.
1: Thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. And, um, I look forward to the next time.